This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, From the Backburner podcast is sponsored by Birch Barrel. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out one of the coolest live fire grills there is, um, visit birchbarrel.com. Uh, take a look at the V2, which is out now. Uh, it is a just a, an absolutely spectacular model. I mean, it's, it's going to put every other wood or charcoal fire grill you've got shame. Um, and uh, if you guys are interested in picking one up, you can use my promo code BURNER, B-U-R-N-E-R, at checkout for a 10% discount. Um, really appreciate those guys. Remember, it's birchbarrel.com. And this is from the Backburner Podcasts. I'm your host, Jonathan O'Dell. Um, this is a continuation of my my journey through England. Um, I, am, I am sitting in... Uh, What's arguably probably the the heart of game country uh, here in England, where where uh, game is king. And um, when I was planning a trip over here, uh, some doing in doing my research, uh, one of the things I discovered was that, uh, w- which is very very different, is there are schools, uh, cooking schools devoted. Uh, in parts to game cookery, and I was I was very intrigued by this. Um, I'm I'm here in in the in the area of Yorkshire, um, and uh, for for those who are interested, Yorkshire is just it's beautiful rolling hills, farm country, hedgerows, uh, just just an amazing amazing country outside. And and so I decided I I, I started looking for classes, and and really one of the most well respected schools that that kept popping up in my research was the one I'm sitting in right now. It's called the Cook's Place, uh, run by Jilly Robinson, right? Um, and she uh, was offering a full day feathered game class to, to teach, uh, you know, the, 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 the American me, the, the proper English way to cook uh, feathered game. And so today we cooked uh, partridge, pheasant, duck, and pigeon. Um, what just just an amazing class uh, to help expand, um, you know, my my kitchen abilities and all that stuff. Hopefully, um, we can't we won't blame it on Julie how how you know terrible I, I go with <laughs> after this point. But uh, she she did her best to try and educate me. Welcome, Julie. I appreciate you to welcome welcome to you too, and welcome to <laughs> welcome to what's known as God's Own County. <laughs> God's Own County. Uh, so it, so it is it is county referred to as Yorkshire County. Yeah, the county of Yorkshire. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I was one. I was like. Trying to understand, it's like okay, we're here in, in the city of Malton, in Yorkshire. Yeah, North Yorkshire, very important. North Yorkshire, North Yorkshire. North Yorkshire. Yeah, um, and and so, yeah. It, it, arguably, I mean, am, am I wrong in that? That that this is really just kind of the heart of of game country. It's uh, very true, and ama- predominantly um, because of the scenery. So we've got grouse moors, we've got the pheasant drives, we've got stately homes with lots of parkland. So it kind of just lends itself to be that, you know, the, uh, the, sh- the shooting guys love Yorkshire. <laughs> I, I, I certainly can appreciate it, um, having been here. 
um, and, and just taking a look around. Um, it, probably what's most unusual, uh, I think, for me and, and my listeners is, is, you know, to hear the fact uh, we know that, that you know, America and, and Europe treat game differently, but to have a, an actual cooking school that in part does uh, game cookery education um, on a regular basis. That came about because the whole ethos of the cookery school, the cook's place, um, is seasonality and locality. Mm -hmm. So we only use produce that we grow around here. We're 23 miles from the coast, so we've got fish in abundance. We've got more farm animals and those sort of things around. The natural progression was what happens in the shooting season, there are birds and animals to be used. So we normally, you've come in March, yeah. we're normally all done with game at the end of January because that's when people stop shooting it, early February. But then we move on to feathered animals, ducks, chickens. You had some ducks today, which I think were slightly larger than you were expecting. Um, so we just move on. So then we'll go back to the game season in September. Yeah. Grouse starts in August, but we tend to just keep the game courses through the winter months. Right. Um, because that's when people are thinking about the recipes that are slightly more winter-orientated. Um, right. So it's not, it's not that we just said, let's do game. It's that at certain points of the year, the local seasonal meat is game. Sure. So that's where it came from. Yeah, and I, and I, I think for a lot of my listeners, that you know, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That obviously in America we have you know seasons, hunting seasons uh, yes. for game, and so yeah. you know, folks are thinking about that. But um, like I said, to, to me it was just, uh, and like I said, in, in, in my research, you, you, this is a very well respected school. Well, that's, that's nice. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> We've been here since I've been in Malton since two thousand and fourteen. Right. We opened. Um, as a pop-up because we have a food festival called the Food Lovers Festival uh, in a May, usually in May. And right. in 2014, the natural progression was let's have a cookery school involved with a food festival. Um, so they asked me to come and do a cookery school for six days in 2014. Um, and it went very quickly, went from six days a year to four days a week. And I haven't been home <laughs> since. <laughs> I now live in Malton. So yeah. it's the food scene. I love it. You know, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's a beautiful town. Independent traders everywhere. Artisan, food makers, producers. Right. Within, if you could see through the walls here of this building, we've got the coffee roaster, we've got a gin distillery, we've got three breweries, we've got the master macaron maker, Florian. We've got a butcher's, a baker's. We just need a candlestick maker. <laughs> <laughs> With a beautiful sourdoughs and patisserie. What's not to like? Yeah, no, I I, I I had a quick drive in this morning and and kind of got to take in a little bit, and then I was trying to figure out, okay, where where's where's the door <laughs> to, to come in at? Um, We're hidden in the alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, but uh, I was like, I, I I know I'm looking at these directions, right? You know, and 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 trying to find it, but um, we don't um, like to be too obvious. <laughs> too, too obvious. <laughs> well, and and. Uh, Addresses, it's it's been a challenge for me, actually, interestingly enough, to, to, to like figure out how to put addresses into the navigation system in my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. pe people love it. Well, our address is 15 Market Street. Right. Um, there isn't a 13, and we're not on Market Street. So you go from 11 <laughs> Market Street to nothing. It's yes. like, yeah. But you got here. I, I did, I did. Yeah. I, I was persistent. I, I wanted to make sure that, that uh, um, I... I 
I took the full opportunity we had to, because so today, because today we had a, it was a full day feather class. I know you offer a half day as yes, well. Yes, we do. The, the, you've worked for five hours. Um, you could have done a half day one, which is three hours. Right. Um, pretty much that covers three recipes where you've done five recipes. So yeah. that's sort of, that's the, that's the overall view of it. It's like you're paying for the length of time and the number of recipes. And you, on the day that you've done today, you did a lot more butchery of yeah. the birds than you would have done on the shorter day. Yeah. We tend to let you do one and then give you the pieces of the other ones that you mm. would use. But yeah. as long as you've enjoyed your day, that's the main oh, no, thing because ab- it's relaxed country absolutely. school. It's not school. No, no, it's uh, cooking for me is, is kind of my creative release. And so, yeah. you know, but it, being able to couple that with, with my other love, which is, is game from hunting and, and you know, yeah. all that it's, it's fantastic. If, if in the background, you guys hear a, a, a dog singing, uh, <laughs> it's Sergeant Pepper, Sar- Sergeant Pepper is, is sitting here with, with slightly with, bored after with, five hours <laughs> with us. Yeah. He, he was great. The whole class just, just hanging out on the ground and, and, uh, um, Listen to us all cook and talk. and He's only uh, been a member of the team for two weeks, so it, he's just getting the hang of life as the cookery school dog. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, I'm sure he enjoys the smells of everything. In her, yeah, um, he's, you know. uh, he's obviously beca- going to become a connoisseur of, uh, of cooking, that's yeah. for sure. But, <laughs> but dog, yeah, and I, I, was, I was telling you, the, the, the dogs are always welcome on my podcast. That's a, that's a standard staple. Oh, he's so. getting a bit closer than we were anticipating this. No, you can't be on there. That's fine. You want the headphones on. Wants to sit on the lap and lick the headphones. <laughs> Let's um, try going down there, shall we? There we go. Good boy. So I guess, what do you find, I mean, as far as, as folks who are coming to, to learn, um, game cooking, uh, as it goes, I mean, what's what's the typical clientele? I mean, are, are you looking at kind of all strata of, of society? Or yeah, is it... ev- everybody. Right. Um, probably today with the game, you're looking at people that either, like yourself, do, do hunt, game, shoot, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, and love it, or have never tried it because they've always thought they won't enjoy eating it. Right. Um, and this is a great way of, there was one lady today had never tasted the pigeon. Right. and was very worried about the pinkness of it. But she's done it now. She's, she's met that wall and she loves it. Yeah. And so she won't be scared of it again. So it's a really good way of cooking it and trying it when you're not, it's not your dinner party, you're not ruining a meal at home. You can actually be quite honest and saying, yes, I love it, or no, I wouldn't cook that again. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's an excellent way of dipping your toe in the water, really, sure. um, and seeing. But then we get equally as many people that have always eaten game and just want different recipes but what we also teach is skills rather than recipes right so your knife skills will have improved today whether you thought so or not yeah. uh, the way you hold the knife the way you sharpen the knife the guy that was working on the same table as you now knows how to sharpen his knife yeah where he's always kind of thought he did but didn't so sure. he's gone away with that to take forward and now his knives are going to be sharp, which makes a big difference. So yeah, well, and and, and part of it, I think, like I said, is is understanding. I, I I often find that you know, even in my own cooking, um, most of the time, I there's a lot of influences um, that yeah. that I have from from either different people that I've learned from or or you know classes I've taken. I mean, I always I always pick up something along the way, and it, and it kind of incorporates into into me and my cooking, you know, my, my yeah. particular style or skills yeah. or, or whatever it is. And, um, today the, the flavors, um, uh, in the dishes we had, 
I know, I mean, there was, I want to ask you about, you know, some of those. So, um, our, our first dish we went through was the, was the comfy duck leg. Um, like a quick comfy, a cheats comfy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that had the tamarind, um, and the maple syrup, um, and peanut Peanut butter butter and and the soy sauce and then served with cucumber. So it was like your your Asian flavors. Right. Served with the cucumber and the spring onions and lettuce. You know, it's just a salad-y type dish. You could have put a load more chili in there if you'd wanted. Mm -hmm. But it was just to get the idea of just getting duck legs and putting them in the oven. Don't do anything to them. Just roast the heck out of them. Right. And then strip them down and put them into something interesting. Yeah. That was, and that, you know, yes, the duck that you used was farm duck, not game, but it was just to get that idea across that then it left you with the duck breast, which we could smoke. Yeah. And then of course that's what we did next. So the, the, the tea smoking method on, on the duck breast. With the cheapest smoker in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it was very simple. I mean, obviously that, I, I think that's a great aspect that you don't, you know, you don't need the really, really expensive, you know, pellet smokers or, or wood smokers or, or that yeah. to, you know, to, to be able to perform something that's that's of great quality taste in the kitchen. And again, we, I never want anybody to go away and think, well, I can't do that right? because I can't afford your pellet smoker. I can't afford this, that, and the other. Even with the machines, you didn't use anything too exotic in the way of machinery today, food processors, and, right. because you might not have one or you might not have the, the ability to, to get one. Sure. So... And, and a lot of the recipes were, were definitely highly adaptable. Um, Even the main protein could swap. Right. Your pheasant recipe, use guinea fowl yeah. out of season. Your duck recipe, use a wild duck in season. And yeah. use a, you know, a farm duck now. It's yeah, I think, I think swap really... Swap them the, around. The only, the, one of the major differences between... Uh, Farm duck and wild duck in, in a lot of cases <laughs> is, 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 is about size. the meter. <laughs> well, and and, and, uh, and the amount of fat. Yeah. Um, I mean, most wild ducks you don't you, you get maybe a few fatty wild ducks every once in a while. Yeah. I know I run across them and stuff, but yeah. um, that's really kind of the only. You probably wouldn't want to use the duck legs in that way on your wild duck, but you could certainly have smoked the duck bre- the wild duck breast yeah. that smokes beautifully. Yeah. So yeah. you know that that aspect maybe maybe stick with the nice big fatty duck legs for your tamarind sauce, but yeah. other way it's it's all good. Well, and then we went through, um, uh, you, you went through a couple of, of sauces, reduction sauces with us yeah. uh, for one for the pheasant and then yes. one for the partridge pie. one for the partridge pie. pie. Yeah. So the partridge pie, the sauce, which is in the little pots that you're going to take home with you. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just, the dog is about to take, no, steal something off the table. <laughs> um, that was a proper reduction sauce. So lots of chopped vegetables, reduce, reduce, reduce. Well, and what I noticed about it was um, it, it was kind of like um, making a pan sauce yeah. um, pre-cooking. Usually, usually it's like, you know, I'm, I'm browning a, a piece of meat in the pan first and then uh, coming yep. in with those exact same ingredients where, you know, you yep. some vegetables and, and deglazing the pan with, with some alcohol, a little something a little sweet, either syrup yep. or jammy, and then adding some stock, stock back in yep. to, to reduce down for a pan yep. sauce. So it's the same idea, but it's usually served with a piece of meat or poultry that you're not going to cook for a long time in your pan. Right. So you're not going to have all those beautiful juices in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So if you were to use that with um, your partridge, obviously that went into a pie. So you've, you've had it in the pan for a minute. Mm-hmm. Or if we were going to really very finely sear a piece of venison and do a similar sort of sauce, you've got nothing in your pan. So you've got to start with good things. So you could have put some bacon in there or something to get it going, but you'd finely diced all those vegetables lots of surface area, lots of flavor, right. in it goes. 
Yeah. Then the sticky jammy stuff, then the alcoholy stuff, then the stock <laughs> stuff. And every time it gets reduced by half. Yeah. And then you sieve it out and it's just nectar. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, so the, the, the other dish we had... Um, the controversial the, the, yeah. nod to America, you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was... It was, it was, uh, what, what did you, it was, it was pheasant, pheasant Maryland. Pheasant Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Which, which my lovely friend Esther was a bit dubious about <laughs> bananas and pheasant. But it, yeah, so that one, it was, and, and you actually used a, a cooking term that I had not, that I wasn't familiar with, even though I'm familiar with the, the technique, but, but you were talking about crowning the bird. And I was like, I was like, what is crowning? <laughs> crowning is taking the and, top half off the bottom half. So yeah. you end up with the breast still on the carcass and yeah. you get rid of the underneath. So it cooks really well because pheasant tends to dry out a little bit. Right. So it kept it, it kept it more moist. It was easier to manage in the pan because it's like a little baby roasty. In yeah. there. And we pot roasted it. So we seared it, put it the right way up in the pan, put lots of stock around it yeah. and cooked it. And of course we had, we had, you know, the, and so the, the, the nod to America and in, in some of this, I mean, and it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, cooking in perspective from a different angle. So we have, um, uh, we had mirepoix. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the carrots, yep. celery, and... And, and your uh, shallots, and, yeah. And the shallots, yeah, and, and, you know, diced fine. And then you had a, a Cajun seasoning yes. that it's a, that's a custom blend of your very own, right? It's a molten, molten nod to, you know, a good seasoning. It's, right. It makes the best chili in the world, that mm -hmm. seasoning. Um, so it's smoked paprika and cumin and coriander and dried oregano or oregano, however you want to say it. <laughs> uh, a little bit of cinnamon. And then today I added in a little bit of ginger. Yeah. Um, and we blend that as a sort of special recipe right. and have a great big jar of it. So all you got was a couple of spoonfuls from the magic jar yeah. to put with your <laughs> pheasant and your sweet corn pancakes made with the Molten Brewery Yorkshire Pudding Ale. Yeah, no, that and that was, we got a, a little taster of this this. Yorkshire pudding beer, yeah, um, which was which was pretty awesome. I mean, I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it. It's a different idea, but we're in the middle of you know Yorkshire's Yorkshire puddings is us. Oh, absolutely! Um, and so why not brew a beer with them with it included? So, yeah, for sure. And it, it, I, uh, and it's quite a dark stout for those that are beer. It's it's a dark ale. Yeah, um, and it, it, but it were you know the the funny thing was is is uh, uh, one of their students Esther she was was you know oh I'm not a beer drinker and 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 for me that's it's kind of the same way that I I, I used to think for a little while um, you know that that oh you know I'm not a wine drinker but it's it's not about consuming it at, like I, I understand that that part it's it's about consuming it for the enjoyment of just itself yeah. I've had to start looking at at alcohols and things like that that I don't normally. Um, you know, wouldn't just, oh, you know, pour me a glass, yeah. um, more as an ingredient for cooking yeah. with, you know? And so I definitely do, I will take, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit down and, and enjoy, you know, a, a, a giant glass of, of Malbec wine or something, <laughs> but to think of it in terms of as an ingredient incorporated into a dish is, is fantastic. Yeah. And you've just got to think what's going to go with what. Yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. And it, put it out there. So you, you weren't going to use a a, you know, a very, very high quality red wine right. or a liqueur of some sort to make a butter, to make a sweet corn and sweet and spring onion fritter. Yeah, right. So the beard just has those nice mellow flavors and it was going with the Cajun spice. Yep. So you needed something that could stand up and hold its own with that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, milk, using a milk or something would have yeah. been slightly lost. So well, and then and then of course, yeah, the, having that. So we had the 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 sweet corn and, and onion pancakes. Yeah. Um, 
with the beautifully roasted pheasant, yeah. um, the sauce, and then fried bananas. Fried bananas, which <laughs> put some of the chefs in the room slightly off kilter, but we got there in the end. It's fine. Yeah, it actually, I, it was, I thought it was a great compliment to the meal. Yeah, it's just a nice, um, you've, got the, you've got the spiciness, you've got those really bold, spicy flavors, and then you've got the sweet, comforting banana. Right. Oh, absolutely. Just a nice little hug at the end. Yeah. yeah. So um, what would you, I, 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 as I've kind of been going through, like, you know, for me, I've, I try and find some restaurants that, that you know, I, I think up till now I've, eat, I've eaten my fair share of chips. Um, <laughs> and of course, I, I've been stopping at a lot of pubs here lately. So, I mean, you know, my, some of my choices are, are probably related to that. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, just trying to, to capture like the taste and, and all that stuff. I, I grew up, it's, it's very strange. So, um, you know, it, England got... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, push out into the world. Um, it's, it's, it's traveled along long different ways. So I grew up in Montana in the United States uh, on pasties. Right. Um, you know, the, the Cornish miners went to where mining happened. And of course, Montana was one of those spots. Yep. Michigan was one of those spots. Um, when they went to Mexico, obviously it took a different form, which is now empanadas. Yes. Um, you know, and, and so some of those things kind of transform. I know for us uh, in Montana, one of the big things was, you know, all of our pasties are served alongside brown gravy, um, which I know is kind of a, a probably an addition after the fact. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the miners didn't have the gravy down the mines, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Back in the day, they didn't even eat the pastry. That was just to keep their dirty hands off the food because they, <laughs> they couldn't wash their hands. It's true, right. the pastry was there to protect the inside so they didn't eat with dirty hands with coal dust and all yeah. that over yeah. or, or whatever they were mining yeah so that's why the pastry is always so thick oh very, very it, just, good. it just protects whatever's in there so oh, absolutely and the true one always has your your savory end and your sweet end so it was always the meat and potato in one end and apple in the other really so that was your dessert wow yeah. i had no idea that it was and kind of a split chuck it over the shoulder for the rats to eat <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, one of the things I've noticed, um, you know, is, is obviously the prevalence of game uh, meats in, in restaurants here, in, in a yeah. number of restaurants anyway. Um, I have a soon-to-be, I'm, as I'm traveling northward, I've got a, uh, you know, one, one, of my, one of the main dishes I was really looking forward to, to finding and eating was jugged hare. Right. Um, here, I know that. I mean, that's a, that's a classic English yeah. dish. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, when I get to Scotland, I found a place that actually serves venison and haggis okay. um, instead of the traditional with sheep. Yep. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's 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 yep. you know give it a shot and and see what it's like with venison. Um, Absolutely. You know, do you, do you find that that game is pretty predominantly part of what you would say is the the English menu? You know, of, of yeah. culinary. You yes, know. but I think we're also especially. In this part of Yorkshire, we try to be seasonal. So sure. you will find game on the menu at that time of year. Sure. So if you're looking from sort of September through to mid, beginning of February, right. yes, there'll be game on the market. Venison is a different subject altogether because mm. there's a lot of people farming venison. Right. So it's not your big guys going up to Scotland and shooting the stag in the woods. It's, 
it's an animal. It's farmed. Okay. Um, so we can get that all year round, and we do use it all around year round because it is the most amazing meat, and it's mm. fat-free, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. So we've, we can do millions of things with that. Yeah. And you would find that on a hotel menu because it's just got that little bit more refinement than the beef. So they're using that the whole time. Now, what's interesting, I was having a discussion with, with one of my classmates today and, and how much we kind of actually despise the word venison um, because it seems to be a catch-all because there are different species of yeah. deer yeah. that fall under this clade of, of venison. Yeah. I mean, so you could say venison and it could mean uh, mule deer from America or it could mean uh, red deer from, from England yeah. or it could mean, you know... Yeah, it is, it is Bambi. You know, Disney's got a lot to answer for, but it is Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> Bambi died. But, yeah. but, to, but, you know, to have all these different deer that, that yeah. definitely do exhibit different tastes... Um, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, so when you talk about venison, I mean, are you talking we talk about, about row, the, the row and the and red? Reds, yeah. Predominantly, especially the farmed, that okay. would be the farmed. Um, we do get some of the other different varieties that somebody that has land and wants people to shoot or stalk on that land, they will yeah. introduce species in Scotland. There's varying, various natural um, varieties. Right. Uh, but if we're looking at venison from a butcher shop, it's going to be red or row okay. because that's the that's what they can produce the most of and still be good quality. Right. But the only meat we use around here, and when we say farmed, it is farmed in a beautiful way. Those animals have Yorkshire fields to live in. Um, we're not talking intensive farming. Right. We're not talking cages or sheds. We're talking fields and moorland and woods and nice places. Yeah. Beautifully looked after looked after to the very end, killed. Yeah. In, there's not a good way to kill anything, but it's looked after and there's no stress. Sure. So you're not going to get any tough meat because that animal just has a little wander off one day and doesn't come back. You know, it's, <laughs> there is no stress involved. Uh, yeah, understandable. Yeah, so you know, you're going to get the very finest meat because the minute there's stress involved, you get tension and you get tough meat. Yeah. And you get all sorts of nasty endorphins going through that nobody wants to taste in their meat. So yeah. happy, happy animals is yeah. what we're after. Well, now, um, so one of the, the one of the things that that I find interesting it's it's um, it's definitely um, English as well as kind of European is um, since we're on the subject of of birds here for this cooking class, um, it was about hanging the birds. Yep. Um, and allowing them to to hang, and I know, um, you know, there's there's some controversy surrounding, you know, whether to do it, whether or not to do it, yep. um, how long, you know, a number of those things. I think tastes change over the years. Many years ago, when I was at college, we had a game larder. We had we, we were taken out shooting. The gamekeeper showed us how to deal with everything. Plucking and drawing. When I was a city girl, age seventeen, was just one step over the bridge. You know. <laughs> Uh, but they used to hang the birds in the game larder until they their bodies fell off their necks. Oh. That's just too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strong. It's very bitter. You've got the blood in there. You've got, if you know, Esther was telling you today about um, if the bird still has the heather in its crop, which is its digestive yeah. throat, it, it can make this, the taste so much stronger. Yeah. So, and that's because it's, and in that particular instance, the heather ferments. The heather ferments. Yeah, um, because well, it isn't like grain seeds no. or, or so anything it's, like that. So it's a plant. So, you yeah. know, you've got vegetables in the fridge and they go off. It's just exactly the same as that. Yeah. And when they go off, they just give off nasty gases that are bitter. Yeah. So it's all about thinking sensibly about it and, and making it usable. Yeah. So if you're going to 
if you're going to sell game and it's going to be so strong that nobody wants it, then yeah. alter what you're doing to it. Well, and I've make it usable. And I've certainly taken to to hanging um, a lot of my birds now as well. Um, obviously, for the to me, the the best aspect of it is making it easier to pluck. Yeah, um, that's one of the the, the key factors yes, of hanging. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that's what originally why probably some folks were really absolutely. You leave out, it but, long enough, the feathers fall out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that that may be a little bit too long as well. If we're, if we're falling, the body's falling off the head, or the feathers, feathers are just completely falling out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. Um, but you know, uh, two or three days and, and all that stuff. But also leaving um, the internal organs in. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that to me, I, I know that shocks a lot of Americans when, when they start, you know, hearing about and coming into contact with it, particularly hunters, yeah. um, who just haven't had that, that experience of, of you're doing what, I mean, this is completely unheard of. Like, yeah. you know, they want to get the bird gutted and, and cooled down, um, yeah. to allow the meat and to cool leave, down. And leave the, the entrails where they <clears throat> found them. Yeah. yeah well, or, or unless, I mean, there's yeah. kind of been, you know, some, some discussion about using obviously the livers and and yeah. uh, gizzards and those kind of things. I mean, those have kind of come along. Yeah. Um, eat, eating the offal, as it were. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're the good bits. It was it was interesting that the the most qualified chef among you all today was the one that was turning a nose up at keeping the liver, livers and the hearts and everything. <laughs> it's like get it in a pot. I'm going to use it. Don't throw it away. Oh, absolutely. Esther was like, oh, we don't want that. Um, but it it is just making it so that it's more. Not commercial in a money sense, but commercial in that people are going to like it. Sure. So, you know, if it's not going to float everybody's boat, then don't hang it as long. Right. Yes, it's going to be more difficult to pluck, but come on. It's not, you know, it's not the biggest, yeah, not the biggest job in the world. Sure. Um, but if you're going to shoot the stuff, use it. Yeah. And get it, <clears throat> get it out there. No, so we everything we went through today obviously involved butchery and breaking down the birds. Yeah. Um, do you have any, like... English dishes or, or anything that, that involve whole roast bird? I mean, outside of like, you know, the, the Thanksgiving turkey or, you know, that kind of... We have a very unusual, a classic, um, early Victorian, something called an angustrated fowl. Angustrated fowl. Angustrated fowl, which is a bird within a bird within a bird. Ah. And back in the day for royal family, because they own all the blooming things, it used to start with a swan. Ah. And then... Every bird, so swan with the turkey inside. So everything, every bird gets boned out and put inside. So you end up with a huge, I mean, it would feed <clears> 500. <throat> we have a Yorkshire version of it called a turducken. Yeah. Which is a turkey, a duck, and a chicken. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, that's like Christmas fare. Sure. And that, that yeah, that's, that's the, the turducken has definitely made it into American yeah, psyche. And it's use, like, so. that is, you know, what's not to like? It's like the biggest hunk of meat you've ever got, but it's just poultry. So. Yeah. And there's varying degrees of how good they are. But that would be, you know, the good. But even if it is just your turkey on Christmas Day or Thanksgiving or whatever you're going to have a celebration, you've remembered one tip today that you're going to do to that bird? The very first every thing. Every first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take the wishbone out of every single bird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, public, he was listening. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's, and, and that's actually something that I... I uh, a lot of times, sometimes I will try to do like, uh, you know, deboning the birds or, you know, mm -hmm. um, certainly going through spatchcocking, um, yep. you know, for the grill or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, removing the, the, the wishbone I've done several times, but it's usually not like the, my first thought. And now I'm like, I think that's probably going to be... just going to think jilly for, every time for, you see that wishbone. Now on time, like, jilly's jilly like, says, okay, take, yeah. take, take, take that yeah. out. So. But you're only doing various techniques to the bird 
or any piece of meat to make it suit the way you're going to cook it. Right. So you mentioned their spatchcock. Why would you do that? Well, because if it's flatter, it's going to barbecue better. Mm -hmm. So if you just sit the whole chicken on there, it's going to, bottom's going to burn, top's not going to cook. So why not flatten it? You know, that's sure. the whole, that, somebody just thought of that one, didn't they? You know, it's like, <laughs> let's make it flat. It goes on a barbecue better. <laughs> yeah. um, so, it, you know, t if you're taking the crown off, it was going to keep that pheasant more moist. You wanted the breast off the partridge because it's going in a pie, so you don't want any bones there. Sure. So it's just what, what's your end result trying to be? What are you aiming for? How are you going to cook it? And then look back and think, well, what shall I do to it to make all that easier? Yeah. And if you look at the whole world there is only about probably 10 ways of cooking something. So yeah. you think of a, a stew here, a casserole, a cassoulet in France, a tagine in, Mor in North Africa. It's the same blooming technique. It's a slow cook, diced sure. meat, but you put your own flavours in it. And yeah, even like our Yorkshire puddings, I know I'm going to be drummed out of North Yorkshire. <laughs> it's basically pancake butter cooked a different way. So sure. the French had it licked as a crepe and we call it, we put it in a muffin tin and call it Yorkshire pudding. You guys call it popovers or, right, you know, popovers, yeah. it's <laughs> Yorkshire pudding. But yeah. we got there first because Hannah Glass, who has our recipe painted on a wall in Malton, was the first female celebrity chef. Right. And she has her recipe in Malton, 1753 or something like that. You know, it's, it's been on the go a long time. Yeah. Long before your popovers. <laughs> <laughs> Probably very true. Well, if it's that far back, it predates our country. So, yeah, yeah, you you know. weren't making popovers before you lived there, were you? <laughs> so I, I definitely have one question since, since I have a, 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 an English linguistics kitchen expert with me. Okay. One of the largest debates in America is the pronunciation of a particular sauce, a particular brown sauce okay. that I believe is named after a city uh, here in England. <laughs> I'm going to confuse this completely because we've got a Yorkshire version, so it's fine. <laughs> but so let me, let me see if I, if I have the proper pronunciation of this. So uh, I say Worcestershire sauce. Worcester. Worcester. Worcester sauce. Okay. Not because Worcester sauce. Yeah, Worcester sauce. That's it's the, a it's a brown sauce, but it's not the. We do have a brown sauce in this country right. called HP sauce, which right, you right. put on your bacon butties. Mm -hmm. Worcester sauce is more of a condiment that you put into a sauce, right? Um, and it's made of various ingredients. Number one ingredient is anchovies. Anchovies. Um, so and egg, and there's all sorts because it, so it can't be vegan, it can't be vegetarian. But we have Henderson's relish in Yorkshire, which is a version of Worcester sauce, um, and it doesn't have the anchovies in there, so it can be for vegetarians. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure it's vegan, but it's definitely vegetarian. But it's the same idea, and it just gives it that little bit of a kick from behind for anything you put in without it being spicy. It's not like putting a chilli sauce in, but sure. it's, it adds everything. If you've got oh. any sauce that just you just go, oh, that's all right, stick it in, it's going to... Send it through the roof. So you're, you're telling me I'm going to end up having to buy a bottle of yeah, of I Henderson's relish Henderson while you're in <laughs> while you're in Yorkshire. Yeah, none of this Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> okay, you guys hear that out there, right? Worcester sauce. Worcester sauce. Worcester sauce. Worcester sauce. That's that's it, it's yeah. as simple as Arguments that. Over. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of letters in there. There's a lot of phonetic attempts at at saying it. Just keep but it it's simple. Worcester sauce. Yeah, keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not saying an abbreviated version of no, it, right? No, 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 no. no. It's just, Worcester, just, just Worcester, Worcester sauce. Yeah. Okay. See. And you only need to see that brown liquid in a bottle with a slightly orange label on it, and everybody knows what you're talking yeah. about. Well, and yeah. and yeah, I mean, I know most folks, you know, at least in in the states, stick to Lee and Perrins. Um, you know, it's kind of the the, the yeah, main name brand that's yeah, out there. Brand, there's there's a few other ones, but but that's the main one for the Worcester <coughs> sauce. But you look right. out for Henderson's. It's Yorkshire through and through. Henderson, all right. <laughs> you you guys heard it here first. I'm 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 coming back with a with a, a different type of sauce. It's Yorkshire bread. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Julie, let me let me ask you about this. Give me some, just some kind of background on your cooking history and how you kind of came into into all this. Um, just hating school. Start the right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm very dyslexic, and so school was a trial. Um, and I had a very, very academic mother who saw university as my destination. Yeah. And so I just jumped ship, I think. Um, went off to culinary school and just loved every minute of it. Aged 18, having only lived in the north of England and I'd had, had one holiday in Switzerland at that point. And I think I'd been to Norway at that point on holiday, but that was it. I wasn't traveled. I just took off and cooked around the world doing what I wanted to do. Not in restaurants. I was always in private establishments, private houses. Yeah. I've cooked for some pretty important people. I've worked in your amazing country several times. Yeah. Um, and it was one job that as a young girl back in the day when people didn't do gap years and stuff, uh, we could just, you could just travel and cook. And if you had a basic classic French training, which I did, you can cook anywhere in the world. And people understand you, even if you can't speak their language, you're cooking in French. Yeah. So you get by. And had a ball, really. Just yeah. enjoy it. I've had one of those jobs. I'm so lucky that I get up in the morning and I've always wanted to go to work. So yeah. never, ever. Sometimes at midnight when the guests won't go home, you're slightly regretting your career choice. But the <laughs> <laughs> uh, majority of the time, it's like just in making people happy. Right. Making nice food, making them enjoy it, and now teaching them to make it themselves is yeah. a treat. Yeah. Well, um, and I, I love the fact that... that you know, you, you do use that seasonality uh, component. Yep. In, in keep it local, and, keep it seasonal, keep it simple, and just enjoy doing it. Yeah, and the, 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 game, the quality of the game we had today was, was fantastic. Obviously, the, the, the ducks themselves were, were farm ducks, but, um, you yeah. know, I mean... They yeah. were lovely. Oh, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were, they were absolutely beautiful. And, and we even had some... some uh, uh, we pulled out at least one pellet out of one pigeon. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Proof that it wasn't the farmed one. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's all about just using the best. Yeah. Use the best. And we do sound like we don't get out much, but respect the product. Right. So whatever you've got, use everything of it. If that animal has given up life as we know it for you, don't waste it. Yeah. Use every bit. Find everything that was that you guys haven't used today because you butchered bird after bird after bird. You couldn't eat it all. It's all going to be used. There is nothing wasted. No. So we'll make terrines, we'll make pies, we'll make stock. We'll, there, will, there is nothing that isn't going to get a little job to do. No. It just happens that you took it apart. That's fine. 
Well, yeah, and I, I appreciated that because you, you didn't only use that sentiment of, of, of respect it with just the, the animal. Um, I mean, yeah. you certainly were using it with the vegetables as well. Yeah, as you've the, respected you know, a shallot I mean, today for the yeah. first time in your life. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, it, uh, it, because you're using the best quality ingredients you can find at the time, yeah. you know, I think it is, it is important. Yeah. And, and that extra layer comes into game where, Absolutely. you know, if it, this isn't something that was, was you know, kind of killed out of sight and, and prepackaged and, you know, yeah. just shows up in your door in styrofoam. This was it, it, for, I think, you know, everyone here in the class, it, it was, you know, I've gone out, pursued this animal, yeah. taken it, yeah. you know, so I know, I, I know exactly where it lived, when it lived, how it lived. Yeah. And now it's my responsibility to, to, yeah. to and more importantly, you know, when it died. Right. So, you know, how many days ago that was. So anything that you're buying in a package in a supermarket, you have absolutely no idea. You might not be in the same year as the year it died. <laughs> and why, you know? Sure. Here, we don't use stuff that comes packaged. No. It comes in greaseproof paper from a butcher's shop. The fish comes in ice from the coast, and we know that it's that morning's catch. Right. And if it's not that morning's catch, it's because it's smoked or something. You know, it's, sure. it's had a little process, but it hasn't been in it in a warehouse for three, four, five weeks. No. So it tastes better. You need less of it and do good things with it. Well, and that, I, I, I appreciate that sentiment and, I, and mostly because I feel so much of that, you know, in, in America where I think, you know, most hunters strive to respect the game that's, that's out in the field as well. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're not just, you know, clean ethical kills. Yeah. Um, quickly i mean you don't want them to suffer i mean you're you're, you're trying to respect them as much as possible yeah. in the field limiting yourself so that that animal has a has a fair chance of getting away and then once you get to the point of the harvest you know we've got the animal down all that stuff then begins the work of of respecting it throughout yeah. the rest of the process into the kitchen and then you yeah. know to the table so yeah it has to be because then you know it is the circle of life and yes there are people that disagree with everything we're talking about but if you're going to do it do it properly yeah. and respect it use every bit of it don't just have that smile on your face that you actually killed the thing do you know make it make it keep you then feed you yeah. feed your family and just use every single bit of it All it's right. the best way <laughs> no i can i can appreciate that sentiment for sure um this has been just an amazing class an amazing day um I, I don't want to keep you past midnight like I did. My, my, <laughs> we, we've got another class in oh, ever such a short time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bail out on you right now. But so um, so all right, I got to look for Henderson's sauce. Henderson's relish. Henderson's relish. Yeah, and you've got to look for rapeseed oil, which rape is oil. local. Yeah, too. for sure. And then, is there a dish here in England? Is there a dish or a game dish that you think, on top of what I already mentioned? that that shouldn't make my list yeah you need to find a restaurant and you will easily in the higher quality restaurants one that does a really good tartare of venison venison tartare okay yeah. and it's not the old french way with an egg yolk it'll have gorgeous fresh in interesting ingredients with it okay but there's chefs out there that can do it all right well and it's I'm... not a cook it's a chop but it's just gonna make you think of venison for the rest <laughs> of your life <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm definitely in for it. Um, thank you, Julie. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank for, you for thank coming you for the class all today. the way to Malton <laughs> to I, respect a shallot. <laughs> ab- absolutely, I, I would have it no other way. Um, I, I, I take with me wishbones are gone forever. That's um, fine. Yeah, so, Julie, Julie the wishbone. <laughs> Julie the wishbone. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Hey, I appreciate you guys too. Um, uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>